So as I was saying, we're going to be starting a new series in the book of Daniel. However, as I was working on the sermon this week and looking at the beginning chapter of Daniel 1, I felt led to instead look at a different passage of Scripture. So while we aren't going to be in the book of Daniel today, I want us to look at a passage of Scripture, specifically 2 Corinthians, thank you, chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. So if you have your Bibles, I'd ask that you would turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. I want to use this time, and I, as we look through this passage of 2 Corinthians, to allow this to inspire thought for all of us. As I had mentioned just a moment ago, the prophet Daniel had to go through things that would be hard for us to understand. He was taken from his homeland and, uh, and put into slavery in cause and a time to serve under a king that wasn't his own king. I can't imagine what that would feel like to be put into slavery, to have to serve, sorry, one second, to have to serve a king that isn't our king, and then to do that in a way that would still honor the Lord. For those reasons, I think Daniel in his life are an important one to look at. Just making sure everything is okay out there. Robert, thanks. So because of that, I'd like us to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to read from 7 to 12 today. I'll read these verses aloud, and you can read along with me. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. So Paul is writing these words to a church in Corinth. If you don't know anything about the church in Corinth, the church in Corinth was, in, it was situated in the Greco-Roman world, meaning that it was outside of Israel, and because of that, the faith of Christianity, this idea of the Christian message, was a brand new one to them. You see, these people had different cultures and different customs, and Judaism was one that was not familiar with them. So because of that, some of the moral beliefs that come from Scripture would have been brand new to them. It would be similar to us visiting a nation that had never known Scripture before or had never heard about, let's say, the Ten Commandments before, and telling them these ideas for the first time. Maybe that's actually a similar experience for you. Maybe for yourself, these ideas that come from the scripture are a new one for you. 
It would have been a new one for them, and for many people, it would have felt like, what is going on? What is Scripture trying to call me to? So because of that, Paul was trying to write these words to the church to try to encourage them to see what God was calling them to. So we look at these words in a very powerful time, and specifically we look at this idea of being called to be these jars of clay. Verse 7 says this, We have this treasure in jars of clay. Well, what treasure is Paul talking about? He's specifically talking about the gospel. How the gospel is our greatest treasure in life. This idea that God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to live a life that we could not live, to die a death that we deserved that he did not, and to be resurrected into new life. That is the treasure. That is the hope of heaven. That is the beautiful message of the gospel. And Paul is saying that this treasure is placed in what? Jars of clay. I love weddings. I've mentioned I love weddings. This year, there's going to be a few people that I get to enjoy doing premarital counseling with. I'm very excited about that because it's such a happy thing for me to be able to talk about the beauty of marriage and all that God institutes there. Well, a number of years ago, I was asked to be my closest friend's best man at his wedding. And I remember the wedding day came and I was getting ready with him. And all of a sudden, he hands me his bride's ring. It's, his, it's her wedding ring that he's going to present to her during the ceremony. As many of you know, right? You go up there and then they place the ring on each other's finger. So he hands it to me to hold it as his best man. And I remember thinking at that very moment as he was handing me the ring, I am the wrong person for you to give this ring to. Anybody that knows me closely, I have a gift at being forgetful. I, I, at one point in my life, I used to write before... Uh, leaving my house, I wrote next to the door all the things that I needed to remember before walking outside of the house. And the last item was my brain. I put that on there because it would so often be that I would forget something. I would make my lunch and then leave my lunch at home. I don't know if any of you have this problem, but that is my world. So, of course, when my friend gives me this beautiful ring made out of gold with a, a lovely diamond on top, I just think, okay, Kevin, how are you going to screw this up? Don't screw this up. Do whatever you can to not screw this up. So I put that in my pocket and made sure that it was there the whole entire time. So, of course, the bride, it, it, the, the whole wedding party comes out, and we're all towards the front, and it comes that time where the pastor asks for the rings, right? So everybody's looking at me, including the bride and the groom, and everybody knows that I'm a little forgetful, so I decided to lean in on that for a second. So I went like this, and then I went like this, and then I went, and I opened up my eyes really big, and then I went like this <laughs> in front of everybody. And I could see the audience's embarrassment for me 
And I look at the bride, and she looks like she's going to bite my head off. <laughs> As she's wondering if I have literally ruined the ceremony by forgetting the ring. And of course... I put everybody at ease, and I take out the ring, and everybody starts laughing as the crisis has been averted. Well, I share that story because I think it's similar in some ways to this idea of this great treasure in jars of clay, right? That ring for me, it felt like it was bigger than who I am in that moment, right? It felt like it was more important than the vessel, so to speak, that had to carry that ring. I did not feel worthy of holding on to that ring. I didn't feel like I was the right person to hold on to that ring, but yet I was entrusted with this beautiful and noble task. Well, in the same way, Paul is trying to help us see that same idea, that each and every single one of you have been entrusted with a beautiful and noble task. Sorry, there's been a lot of interruptions in the service. I'm just trying to make sure everything's okay. All right. I think we're fine back there. All right. So we've been entrusted with this beautiful and noble task. And this is the idea that I think Paul is trying to help us understand. That God entrusts us with this great treasure. You know, the reality is, church, we are jars of clay. We are people who are fragile, who are delicate, who ultimately should not be entrusted with the gospel message. But what happens? We are entrusted with this beautiful message. Is everything all right, guys? Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you. We are entrusted with this beautiful message. Paul continues in verse 8. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I like these verses in, chapter, in verse 8 here. Why? Because I think it shares with us how we oftentimes feel. You know, one of the things that I think we struggle with as Christians is we oftentimes struggle with the idea of life's hardships. It's a sad truth, but it's a truth nonetheless that we live in a broken and fallen world. And it can feel at times in our lives when we are experiencing hardship that there is something wrong with us, right? It has been my experience as a pastor that oftentimes when we experience hardships that the first kinds of thoughts that people have is, God, what am I doing wrong? God, why are you punishing me? God, is there something that I should have done differently that you are allowing this to happen? Now, I don't think those questions are inherently bad. I don't think it's bad to be humble enough to go before God and say, Lord, search my heart and help me see for myself 
What are the things that are going wrong in my life? What are the things that I'm doing wrong in my life? In fact, that is a prayer that I wish more people would pray. And I think we need to pray prayers like that, right? We need to ask God to search our heart because the reality is, is there's something within all of us that we are likely doing that needs fixing, amen? I mean, part of the beauty of the gospel message is the humility of recognizing that we are not perfect. But with that same message of recognizing that we are not perfect, we also need to understand, and I would say appreciate the fact that life will be hard, that there will be many challenges, but that God calls us to still bear those burdens for the sake of his gospel. And this is why this message is so important and why I put it in here before Daniel. You see, as we'll learn within next week, Daniel is taken out of his land. And this isn't just a happy story. I mean, the reality is, is if you think about how that happened, it would be an incredibly tragic story to tell. I want you to picture what it would have been like to see a foreign nation enter your land, kill your people, destroy the armies that are meant to defend you, and then if that were not bad enough to steal you from your home, bring you to a totally different place where people speak a different language, have different customs, have different beliefs, and everything that you know is all of a sudden taken away, and then you have to now serve the king that created this whole situation for you. That would have been incredibly difficult. And I think if we are honest with ourselves, would we serve well? Would we serve a foreign nation that created all of this harm in our lives well? I think the answer to that question is, of course not. I think many of us would deeply struggle with what we were going through. And that would be okay to struggle. It would be a struggle. But the reason why it's so important for us to see these scriptures of this idea that we carry a treasure with us in jars of clay, that we are people that are, that, that are, are, are in every single way not crushed, that we are pressed but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed, is to understand that life is filled with many challenges. Church, you will feel those ways. Church, you will feel at times that life is crushing you. You will feel at times that you are abandoned. But the reality is, you're not. That you are never abandoned by God. You know, something that I wish the church within America especially, would appreciate, live by, and take on as a declaration or as a vision statement for themselves is that we would better see our mission. That we would better see our mission. I mean, we've all had that feeling, right? That the real Christians are the ones that go overseas and 
and, and spread the gospel, right? That those are the real Christians. And there's always a part of us that's like, I wish I, I had that boldness. Well, guess what? We're, all, we're not all called to go overseas to share the gospel, and that's okay. But we are all called to share the gospel, amen? The reality is, is there's a ripe mission field right here. Right here in the city of Aurora, there is a wonderful mission field. There is the same kind of mission in a very different context, but the same kind of mission. People are without hope, and guess what? We have this hope that we need to bring to other people in their lives. It's the same mission. It's the same mission statement. Be a light to your, to your neighbors. Tell people the gospel message. And Paul is trying to help his listeners realize this. Because the problem that ends up happening is if we look at every single adversity within the narrow lens of what am I doing wrong? Why isn't God blessing me? Life should be different. Then we fail to see the mission. You know, I have this belief that if all God wanted from me, Pastor Kevin, was for me to just say yes to Jesus, for me to say I recognize you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior, then why didn't you just take me right then and there? I mean, if that was the only mission that, I, that God had in my life, why didn't God just take me in that moment? Why didn't God just take you in that moment? Because the, the truth is, of the matter is, is that we are called to continue the ministry of Jesus here on this earth. I mean, if we actually take the time to read the gospel accounts of Jesus, what do we see? We see a life that is oftentimes pressed on every side, do we not? Jesus was pressed on every side. We see a life that was oftentimes in despair. We see a life that was oftentimes persecuted or struck down. But in all of those things, we also see a life that is not crushed, that is not ultimately in despair, that is not abandoned, that is not destroyed. Jesus was trying to train all of us, not just his 12 disciples, but all of us to continue his ministry, regardless of the context that we find ourselves in. And I want to encourage you, church, this year to see that same mission for yourself. We're going to be facing a lot this year. Make no mistake about that. This is the political season. There's a lot that's going to be happening, both within the media, within the news. People are dealing with a lot of unrest. There's a lot of people that are probably putting too much faith in politics, in looking at candidates too much like saviors of their own world. But I believe, church, that God is calling us to be light among those people, that God is calling us to carry this treasure, this gospel message, this redeeming message of life to those around us. And I'm really looking forward to looking at the life of Daniel Someone who went through so much and had to serve a nation that was not his own and serve kings that were wicked and yet do that in a way where he maintained 
his faith in relationship with God, where he at no point would ever disobey his God in service of a king. And this is what I think God wants us to do. I think God has called all of us here to be voices of truth, to be voices of hope, to help people navigate the chaos of life through the goodness of God. Amen. So I hope that this year, I hope that this year will be a year where we get to see ourselves a little bit more as these jars of clay. That sure, life is challenging. Sure, we are weak and we are fragile. But ultimately, God is nearer to us than we think. I like this quote from Max Lucado. He says this, The next time you find yourself alone in a dark alley facing the undeniables of life, don't cover them with a blanket. Or ignore, or ignore them with a nervous grin. Don't turn up the TV and pretend they aren't there. Instead, stand still, whisper his name, and listen. He is nearer than you think. God is nearer, church, than you think. And he wants to use you to make a difference in this time. Do you believe that? Do you see yourself as an instrument, as a vessel, as a jar of clay that holds a great treasure? Church, if you are going through a hard time, if you are going through something that has distracted your focus from the mission of God, allow this service to be a reminder to you. Allow the words of Scripture to be a reminder to you that as Scripture continues, in verse 10, we always carry around in our bodies the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies. That's what God is calling us to, that who we are will always represent to others the death of Christ, but greater than that, the life of Christ his resurrected life. I don't think that I am being a good witness if I'm not living that out. In church, I want all of us to do the best that we can to be a good witness to the world around us. You have all been born for such a time as this. Make no mistake, whether you are younger in age or whether you are older than in age, that God has called you to do good things in his name. That if you have breath in your lungs, that means you have purpose in your life. Your purpose is not just to amass wealth and treasures here on earth. Your purpose is to be able to help others see the kingdom of God. See where the truest treasures lie. See where the goodness of God is in life. And how all of us can experience the peace and goodness in life through the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? I wonder what this year will look like if we get to be the radicals, if we get to be the others, the ones 
who are faced with adversity but choose to instead meet those adversities by claiming the name of Jesus. I'm really excited and looking forward to go through the book of Daniel. I think this is going to be a rich time for all of us. If you know of somebody that is maybe struggling with the current affairs of our country or uh, things that are going through a global stage, I want to encourage you to invite them to these services because I think we're going to be touching on some very important topics and helping ourselves keep the right minds and hearts during these seasons of life we find ourselves in. So I want to encourage you to invite those people here and, and for you to come yourself so that you can hopefully help others navigate this next year. God, church, is nearer than you think. And I hope that in this new year season, you can help others see Christ revealed through your character, through the words that you speak, through the deeds that you do, and that all of us can join together in making a commitment of being able to live that out and show others the treasures that is Jesus Christ. Let's take some time and pray together.